Welcome everyone to our latest In The Know podcast where we interview different people from different investment management houses around the world. Um, today I'm joined by Richard Carter of Quilter Cheviot. He's Head of Fixed Interest. Good morning, Richard. Morning, Neil. Um, very timely that we should be talking to you today, I think, bearing in mind this week is the week that the Fed will be reporting on their interest rate decisions. And we've got the um, Bank of England Monetary Policy Committee as well, talking about potentially interest rate rises coming up. Um, that's obviously having an effect on the fixed interest markets, which is your speciality. So perhaps you'd like to give us your view of um, what do you think is going on here? I mean, absolutely. I mean, uh, bond markets and, and central banks are kind of front of front and centre of what's going on. I mean, obviously, you know, central banks are obviously very important always for, for what happens in markets. But, you know, as you say, last couple of weeks has been a huge focus on uh, movements in bond markets and sort of what they're doing ahead of these uh, pretty crucial meetings this this week. And, and um, you know, we've had this huge talk about inf inflation and, and all the rest of it this year. And I guess a lot of people might think bonds would be doing worse than they are. But actually, last couple of weeks, um, they haven't been doing actually that badly. You've seen some parts of the market sell off, but, uh, you know, sort of discounting uh, rates going up from, you know, people like the Bank of England and, and, and elsewhere. Um, but actually, some of the uh, other parts of the market, longer dated bonds are kind of pricing in uh, slower growth. So there's lots of sort of moving parts, which, which can be, be quite complicated. Um, but I mean, in terms of in terms of sort of central bank meetings this week, I mean, we've talked about, you know, the Federal Reserve, uh, their tapering uh, plans for some time now, you know, they've been doing uh, quantitative easing all the way sort of through the COVID crisis to try and support the economy. Uh, and, it, you know, it's basically time for them uh, to sort of wind that down. You know, it doesn't, it, the, the economy doesn't really need that amount of support anymore. So it looks like this week they'll be announcing uh, a, a tapering of their purchases. Um, and then Bank of England, you know, uh, really has uh, shifted its tone in the last uh, few weeks because of what's been going on, on the inflation front. Uh, unlike the Fed, it seems you know pretty nervous about what's going on on the inflation side. Um, so markets basically at the moment expecting that uh, we could get an interest rate hike, if not this week, then certainly before the end of the year. So it's all going on with the with the Bank of England, which which seems quite odd, really, in many ways, because if it only go back a few months when Andrew Bailey, the governor of the Bank of England, was talking about negative interest rates, and now he seems to be talking about increases. What's changed? Well, well, they, they, they. You, if you remember Mark Carney, what was he? Was he the unreliable boyfriend? Is that was that what he was? Yeah, so, yeah. You know what I mean? I think we we, we kind of used to this a little bit. I mean, the Bank of England does change its tune a little, quite quite often, and actually, you know, do interest rates go up and down so much? May, maybe not. I think what's happening is one of two things. Firstly, we've kind of heard from the more hawkish members of the committee a lot. So they've been talking about their worries over inflation, the need to put interest rates up. We haven't heard quite so much uh, from maybe some of the more dovish members of the committee. So it's not, you know, it's not a done deal necessarily that there's going to be a majority for an interest rate hike. Um, I think the other thing that sort of worried them is, is you know, clearly inflation, which is a, a global issue. But you've had this narrative, I think, from the government around, you know, actually, we want to see wages go up, we're going to, we're going to, we're not going to um, go back to the old days of sort of uh, cheap immigration from Europe. 
um, and and you know we want to see a sort of high wage economy, and I think that's got the Bank of England nervous that uh, hey you know we're in danger of uh, interest rates of inflation expectations going up here. Um, maybe we'll lose credibility with the markets, um, so maybe we need to start to push back against that. Whilst the Fed seems a little bit more relaxed. The elephant in the room, dare I say, is uh, potentially Brexit. And I, and I do think that the Bank of England looks at you know, what's going on around, um, you know, as I say, less immigration and, and thinking maybe, you know, if we're not careful, we could have a bit of an inflation problem here. So they, they kind of want to act act early. You've brought up the question of wage inflation there, because I'm sure I read somewhere that that whilst we are seeing wages rising here in the UK, which is potentially inflationary, obviously, more people have more money in their pockets, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it does seem to be in very limited areas. It doesn't seem to be particularly widespread. So our average increases across the whole employment seem don't seem to be going up as fast as in certain areas. So are, are they just hitting the panic button a little bit? Uh, I, I mean, I, I agree with that. It does seem to be sort of certain areas that they're going up. Uh, you know, obviously we talked about you know um, lorry drivers and all the all the rest of it. But the minimum minimum wages, uh, the minimum wage will be going up a bit. I don't think yeah. you're going to see a massive public sector uh, pay increase, which is which would be something uh, a little bit more more widespread. I mean, are, are they hitting the panic button? I, I don't think they would see it like that. I mean, I, I what I what I would say, and I, I'm sure you'll get this message from them, is is that yeah, look. Inflation's heading towards four or five percent. A lot of it they can't deal with because it's kind of energy related and supply shortages. But the economy is recovering. We're getting through the pandemic. Can you really justify interest rates being at 0.1 percent? You know, I think that's where they'll come from. Say, well, we're not going to put rates up to two percent. We're not going to sort of try and slow the economy. But we don't think we can justify having such low interest rates anymore. And, and they, I think they just want to move them back away from a sort of emergency setting. The other thing, you know, they're still doing QE at the moment. So it's going to be interesting to see what they say about that, because a lot of people think, you know, they were due to end QE at the end of the year. They might end that early, uh, albeit that won't make, you know, in terms of actual pounds invested in the gilt market, it won't make a huge difference. Um, and then we'll see what they do with their holdings of gilts, because obviously they've built up a, a huge uh, uh, holding in, in, in bonds through their QE purchase. So it's not just the interest rate rises that are important to, to bond markets, it's also be what they do about QE. So you, you could argue, I suppose, that, that they're looking to potentially increase interest rates trying to get back to more normalization because as you as you mentioned there we have had incredibly low interest rates for such a long time now do you think there might be some argument that they're just trying to get back interest rates back to some sort of normal level yeah yes i mean absolutely i think that is what they're doing i mean the the, the question is you know have we got a very interest rate sensitive economy you know people's mortgages i mean obviously the house House market has done really. Housing market's done uh, really well. There's a huge amount of government debt in the system, so you know it's going to be interesting to see um, how responsive the economy is to to higher interest rates, because that that will kind of determine how far they can go. Um, I mean, there's obviously you know 
we're what 10 years more than 10 years since the financial crisis and the bank of england never really managed to get interest rates up i don't think they managed to get them above one percent um since the financial crisis so no. has anything changed in terms of that in terms of will they be able to get them up to sort of two three percent the sort of levels we saw a long time ago you know we doubt it you know we don't think anything's changed in terms of um their ability to raise interest rates aggressively um and you know you saw pre-covid you know european central bank you know rates were at rock bottom and even the fed did they did manage to get rates up higher but it didn't last for long and it wasn't you know that long before um you know if it's a long time ago now but cast your minds cast your minds back that people were saying well the fed had tightened too much and um trump was getting upset about it and all the rest of it so mm. i still think it's pretty hard for these central banks to get rates up aggressively mm. so we've seen we've seen the bond markets have been remarkably resilient for oh goodness knows how long. I can't remember. It seems to have been an awfully long time since yeah. bond markets have really had any significant falls in falls in value. Do you think that's likely to change now? Are we moving into a different environment going forward? We've we've got to be a little bit cautious, but it's it's um, there are so many different moving parts, and I you know I you know I don't. Um, for the benefit of listeners, don't want to get you know into too much jargon on it. But you know there are two, there are different. I mean, index link gilts this year have done really well because people look they they've got some sort of element of inflation protection. Mm. Um, you know, so people have been piling into them, and actually we we think they look pretty expensive now. Um, corporate bonds. I mean, corporate bonds. You know, in this environment, shorter dated corporate bonds should do okay. You know, I mean, companies are doing pretty pretty well. Um, you know, as long as the, the Fed doesn't jack up rates too quickly, the corporate bonds should be okay. The the area that's been weak this year is government bonds, gilts. You know, they are although they haven't been too bad last couple of weeks, they are down about um, you know five or six percent this year. I, I we we don't think that we're going to see a, a big sell off in bonds. I mean, I, we're 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 underweight, you know, generally versus equities. We're a little bit cautious, but. Going back to central banks, as long as we don't expect interest rates to go up aggressively, we doubt, um, you know, we doubt we'll see a big sell off in bonds. Right. OK. So you mentioned companies doing well there because um, an awful lot of companies are reporting some quite good results. And, and whilst they're, they're a bit cautious about the future, they all seem to think that the current supply chain issues that they all seem to have will work their way through and lead through to better profits going forward. Would that be quilters for you? Yeah, I mean, I, that that seems to be the case. I mean, uh, the, um, you know, given what's going on, again, inflation, you, you would expect a few more nerves in the equity market. But actually, if you look at US markets, they keep making all time highs. Yeah. You know, the, the, the FTSE is slightly lagged behind maybe maybe the US, but um, they're resilient. And, 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 you know, if you're investing in good companies, you'd expect them to have some pricing power and, and you know, the ability to deal with these supply challenges, which hopefully are um going to be resolved as you know as, as the world opens up um from covid and, I, and i'd say about equities and i say this is a sort of you know somebody from the bond side um there isn't i mean it's, we've heard it before but there is there isn't much alternative i mean you know I, if we're not at levels in bond markets where i can bang the drum to my you know to my colleagues and say you know there's some great opportunities here there's some really good yields on offer you know why don't you sell some equities buy some bonds we got there a few years ago when treasuries got up to sort of two and a half, three percent, but we're not we're not there at the moment. So I think um, you know a lot of other investors have have a similar choice, and and, and they will look at equities as, as still as the place to be. 
it does almost look it does look that way doesn't it that um they're not quite the only game in town but as near as damn it that's where they are particularly if we're looking to try and protect from from the impacts of inflation taking your, your points about index link gilts which yes have done quite well this year but as you say are now looking a little bit expensive if we just change direction slightly and, and just talk a little bit about the contrasting approach to the economy and, and policy that's being shown in the United States compared with the European Central Bank and also here in the Bank of England. There does seem to be a divergence of approach. There is, there is I mean, definitely a divergence in language. I mean, I guess time will tell whether the Bank of England's all talk and sort of no action and whether they actually will get interest rates up. I mean, it's very unusual at the moment. I think if you look at what's priced into markets, you know, the, the people have you know, Bank of England raising interest rates uh, almost as sort of 75 basis points, 1% before the Fed even starts raising rates, which I struggle to believe that's really going to be the case. I think the, the Bank of England will find it pretty hard to get rates up, uh, um, you know, much more than what, the, what they're doing in the States. I think I think there's the there is this slightly UK centric issue around, as I say, lower immigration and the challenges around Brexit that maybe has got the Bank of England um, a little bit nervous. Um, and I do think the Fed's approach makes sense. You know, they, they've had this huge QE programme. They're going to wind it down. They, they're, they're terrified of another sort of taper tantrum and up, upsetting markets too much because that's bad news for confidence and, and ultimately for growth. So I think the Fed, Fed's approach makes sense. Um, the ECB has a pretty similar approach to the Fed, and, and that's to be fairly patient um, and see if these inflation problems sort themselves out. Because, you know, let's be honest, you know, Ray, people are worried about their you know fuel bills going up and all the rest of it, and that, that's not going to be helped by uh, higher interest rates, is it? So no. I think the Bank of England's a bit of an outlier, whereas the other, you know, the other major central banks are, you know, uh, sort of take, taking it steadily. Yeah. Okay. So if we were to just sum up in in general, that that markets are probably not that bad a place at the moment, and and that looking to the short to medium term, we shouldn't get too worried about some of the chatter that's going on with regard to inflation and interest rate rises and and the like. Um, we should be thinking, well, actually, as always is often the case. If you're in it for the long term, this is short term volatility that we should all be able to ride and and come through out the other side. Absolutely. And, and you know, and I, and although we're talking about rates going up, we're not talking about restrictive levels or, you know, major tightening. And, and you know, and, and the Fed, Fed and ECB are still going to be doing QE for some time uh, to come, you know, into, into next year. So I think there is reason uh, for optimism, there was always you know, risks, you know, whether it be inflation or slowdown in China or whatever, um, which is why, you know, you, you don't put all your eggs in one basket. And you have a diversified portfolio. That's that's for sure. But um, I still think the uh, there's plenty of reason for optimism. We're not expecting a you know a recession anytime soon. And, and I'd also always try and point out, you know, again, you can't just focus on what's going on in the UK. There's a whole there's a whole world of things different going going on. You know, some some better, some some worse. Um, but you know, you look at the opportunities available to 
investors in Asia and, and Europe and you look at what they can get in, in bond markets, for example, they can hardly get a yield or return at all. So when you look at you know your opportunities in in, in you know sort of global equity markets, there's still plenty of investors um, who need to need to put money to work and and, and ultimately going to end up putting money um, into stock markets because they can't get a return on cash and they can't get a return on their government bonds either. No, no. So it's it's really steady as she goes. I think is the is the short answer, isn't it, Richard? Absolutely. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for your time this morning. I do appreciate it. Um, I hope our listeners have enjoyed this conversation between myself and Richard, and um, we look forward to perhaps seeing you again in future podcasts. Thank you very much for your time, Richard. Thank you. Thank you.